Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Seventy-five of my podcast, one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcast in Ontario, in the home of Intelligent Rambling. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Russell Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today, and lots to talk about. Before we get going, just want to make a big shout out and a thanks to uh, Bernie and Callum, who joined me on the latest edition of Ramble Extra for the Creator Online Creator Content Roundtable. That's a lot of fun, <laughs> and. And uh, we're going to try to do more of those on a semi-regular basis. But as I said in that show, if you have ideas, if you have things you want the three of us to talk about, let me know and we'll see if we can incorporate, incorporate it in the next segment we do. All right? So I, I like to have listener feedback. And I thank those guys for taking their time to talk with me. It was a lot of fun. And I wish I could do that more often. Anyway, what's on today's show? We got a little mix of everything. Let's start things off with the DVD review of House Party, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment, where two guys throw a house party that gets out of control. And then speaking of out of control, we go to a DVD review of Little Dixie, courtesy of Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment, where they took his daughter and he'll take his revenge. That's all that tagline. Then we go from the man, you know, fighting to save his daughter to a woman fighting for her career, if you will. And this is the Blu-ray review of Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. I know it's lousy singing. Uh, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. And you're saying, Russ, you're doing Whitney? More on that in the review. And then we're going to end things off with a movie I talked about on the last regular show. And that is the 4K Blu-ray review of Puss in Boots. The Last Wish, courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. And as I mentioned with the last regular episode of the show, I have a contest giveaway for this. A copy of this movie from the nice folks at Universal. All you have to do is answer a simple, simple question. And I said this in the last regular show, but I bear repeating. All you need to do is the first person who DMs me on Twitter... So just like me on Twitter and send me a private message with the answer to this question, which is, what other character with a mask and a sword, uh, did, although Puss Boots didn't wear a mask, but you know what I'm saying, uh, did Antonio Banderas play in a live-action role that was almost an inspiration, in a way, for Puss in Boots? Yeah, so uh, listen, uh, on that, and that's kind of an answer that if you listen to my review, maybe you'll get the answer. First person who, you know, sends me that correct response, as long as you live in Canada, that's the only restriction, has to be a Canadian listener, 
and gets the right, the right answer. First person to send that to me. Uh, all I have to do is send me the right answer. All I, then I'll need to do is get your address. And then the nice folks at Universal will send you a copy courtesy of me and them. How much more easier can you be to win free stuff? You know? And I love doing that. And I like people to take advantage of said fact. So there you go. It's me trying to get back to y'all for listening to me. That is it for me at the start of the show. We're going to take a little musical interlude right up the first review of the show. episode is House Party, circa 2023, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this DVD to review for the podcast. The opinions I express are my own. Now, this is a, a re, you know, redo, if you will, a remake of the 1990 classic House Party, starring good old kitten play, where a, a bunch of, a bunch of uh, you know, a couple of guys uh, decide to throw this huge house party and things get out of control. And this is one of those movies that I, you know, I'd heard about for years and it had a bit of a cult following to it. So, you know, unfortunately, Hollywood is just right out of new ideas. They say, hey, what have we undone in a long time? Let's <laughs> redo this old movie. The premise is pretty much the same, you know, and but this time around, you have your two stars, I guess, if you will, like main leads of this movie are Jacob Lattimore as Kevin and Tosin Cole as Damon. Yes, not. Yeah, that's how he wants to pronounce his name. So these two are cleaners, and 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 they they're they're clean LeBron James's house. Now this we could almost be like, you know, well, well hey LeBron, you want to do a movie? Yeah, sure. What could we do? We could remake House Party. Okie doke. <laughs> so these two are are cleaning part of the clean company, and they're cleaning LeBron's house, and they discover that the the you know the man himself is away for like a couple of weeks or so on a retreat. So they get the really brilliant idea that, that they need to, they can use his house to throw a big house party. <laughs> and in the, uh, the character of Kevin, he has a young daughter he's trying to raise. So he feels like, hey, and he's the kind of the responsible one in this movie. Hey, we could use this, you know, to, to make some money for, you know, for his daughter sort of thing. <laughs> so that's the motivation there. <laughs> and ah, it's one of these movies where it's like, Oh, it starts as a good idea, and things get kind of crazy. And this is almost a movie in a way that it's like, well, if you ever wonder what like, LeBron James's house looks like on the inside, if you ever wonder what kind of trophy room he has, kind of deal, then I guess this movie before it, how accurate it is, I don't know, but but you know it does get highlighted in here, and and it's it's an odd comedy. Now with this, you know, redo. Not much, pretty much, much like the original. A lot of cameos. Oi, oi, a lot of cameos. Now, a lot of the cameos are people, and this is, this is why I'm not big on the hip hop rap scene, that I had to kind of, you know, Wikipedia and go, hey, who the heck is this person? And yeah, yeah, no, they are famous people in the industry. Uh, I just didn't recognize it. And there's <laughs> actually a very brief cameo, and I mean brief. Blink and you'll miss it by one of the mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, I'm not joking. There's there. And there's, there's a bunch of other ones that I said, I, you know, when I have to look them up, then okay. Uh, so it is what it is. I mean, it, it's a screwball little comedy. Uh, some of the music in it is just, you know, it's. I'm not the target audience, uh, but it, it's it's a kind of, uh, you know, 
It's a, a comedy. Uh, yeah. And and it is what it is. And LeBron does. Yes, you're thinking like, well, he's in LeBron's house. Does LeBron show up? Yeah. So for all you LeBron fans, he gets a little bit of screen time. Uh, overall, it is what it is. I'm gonna keep in mind though, this is an R-rated movie, so <laughs> you know there is use of sexual, you know, use of drugs and some violence. And there are certain scenes that do pay homage, if you will to the first movie. Little little scenes in there, here and there. Overall, I mean, if, if you're looking for kind of a um, little bit of a goofball kind of comedy, there's also a scene with a koala. And I see a koala do what I've never seen a koala do before. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> and then, oh, drug references. There, there is like like one white guy, maybe, in this whole movie, and they make him look like he's a complete idiot. So that is what it is, if you will. If you're looking for like just a lowball kind of comedy, nothing you know, you know, like think too much about. Yeah, this is it. There are no extras on this. It is strictly just the movie. So that's all I can really talk about. So that is my take of House Party 2023, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment. She's not.
the second DVD movie review for this episode is Little Dixie, courtesy of Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment. This stars uh, Frank Grillo as the character Doc Alexander, who's one of those guys, you know, it's like the in-between between the police and the mob, or the police and the drug cartel. He's the kind of go-betweener guy. At <laughs> the start of this movie, uh, the uh, major, you know, drug bust has happened, and one of the head-ups, like one of the head higher-ups in this drug uh, cartel gets sent to the, like, lethal injection, right? And, and Doc is, uh, is, is kind of the, the guy working in between the, the, uh, the, the, the governor and the cartel, right? And, and, and so, so with this death of the brother of the cartel, that kind of, you know, truce they had, that kind of leniency between, that kind of goes out of the window, like, gone, <laughs> And then he, and then the poor Doc gets got left in the middle where it's like, well, you know, he, he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place here. And then as, and then as part of that, Doc's uh, brother, or Doc's uh, daughter, little Dixie, this little girl, gets kidnapped and, and used as leverage. And then it's up to Doc to try to, you know, kind of um, rescue her and set things right. Now, this movie is very, very violent because at one point, the, the, the cartel says, okay, you want to make this right? You want things to go away? We need the head of the governor. And when they say head, uh, they are not joking. I mean, literally, the dude's head. And, <laughs> and boy, uh, you know, I see a lot of scenes with it. it it's funny. It's it's. Funny and gory. There's a scene with a chainsaw that, in one instance, shows a lot, doesn't show a lot, but the implication of what's going on is like, man, and the way they shoot it, it's <laughs> like, oh, I think I know what just happened here. That that is that is pretty, pretty gory, and a lot of this is is yeah, it, it gets intense. Like people just. A lot of, like, a lot of just like, oh, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Pow, pow, you're dead. Oh, oh, you shouldn't have been there. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have any witnesses. Pow, pow, you're dead. <laughs> God, God, God. I, w I wish I could have read the, the casting call for this movie and been like, yeah, I I'm going to watch you for this movie, but but your character's going to have like maybe one or two lines and they're gone. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, that's... It's for our rightness. So, so we have that. That's, that's the main struggle in this. At one, at one point, the the one of the head ups of the cartel, I believe, the one of the brothers or somehow related to the guy that got lethal injected at the start of the movie, <laughs> he he clearly has some. Um, let's just say he's part of the 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 kind of he's he's a fan of the LGBTQ community. <laughs> And something happens between him and another person, and it's like, oof, that's harsh. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, okay, we're going there, and and that is kind of thing. And the way the movie ends is like, wow, this movie can get dark really quickly. So so that's in it. And you wonder to yourself, hey, Frank Grillo, you know, like what. That that guy seems somewhat familiar, and I, I this whole movie I'm thinking like, dude, 
I've seen you in something before. I, you know, I, I'm racking my brain thinking of it, brain of thinking of it. And then I go, my good old friend IMDb, and you say to yourself, hey, Russ, I know I've seen this actor in something, you know, other than this, this, you know, little Dixie. What the heck has he been in? Well, the last few years, up until, I guess, you know, the last big phase in the MCU, he was a character. He was the character of good old Crossbones, who has been in quite a few movies in the MCU over like a period of time. So that's kind of neat. That, I'm like, where have I seen this dude before? And that's where I've seen him from. So if you're thinking the same thing, yeah, yeah, he was in quite a few MCU movies as that character. So that's kind of cool. It's one of those odd things you're just going to go, wait a minute, I've seen you before. And if he's not listed as Crossbones, then he is the um, the character name. If you're not, you know, you're not talking Crossbones. Although I always think of those Crossbones. Uh, it, it's, it's the character name of uh, Brock Rumlow. So there you go. <laughs> a little, little MCU adjacent. Uh, in this movie. No extras with this at all. It, it It's just basically, here's the movie. No behind the scenes, no featurettes. That's all she wrote. So, you know, if you're looking for uh, kind of an, an intense film and with, with slightly disturbing footage, like you look at the picture on the cover with him holding the bag, when you find out what's in the bag, ooh, that is... <laughs> Uh, quite the thing. Not a bag I'd be walking around with any time, any place. That's for sure. So that is so nice. Yeah, so if you like, you know, kind of that kind of intense action, this this will deliver that way. So that is my take of Little Dixie on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment.
This episode is Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, I'll be honest and upfront with you, Ramblers. I have never been the biggest fan of Whitney Houston music. And you're saying to yourself, hey, Russ, why did you even request this release? Well, I, although I personally feel she oversings a lot. Um, I, I, I do respect, you know, that, that, that she, you know, she has talent. She did have talent and, and she was a bonafide success. I mean, there's no arguing that she was. And some of her songs, eh, not too bad, but some of them are just like, boy, she sings way too much on these. So this is her kind of biopic. And sadly, of course, Whitney Houston is no longer with us because she died quite a few years ago at the age of only 48 which is tragic, really, when you think of how long her career could have been. This, uh, this biopic pretty much follows her from her very young years, kind of young, late teen, early adult years, up until close to that time. Although they don't really kind of, you know, go over the day she died. It's just like, you know, to a certain point, and they stop. And she did have a weird, I mean, the, the things I knew about Whitney Houston going into this movie was that I know she had a relationship with Bobby Brown. And they do touch on this in this film. Uh, but from what I heard from the relationship with Bobby Brown, it was a lot of abuse. Like he was you know, like he, he was physically abusive to her, things of like that. In this movie, Bobby's there, but they don't go over that. So that, you know, they don't really highlight that. And there are some things about Whitney Houston, I'm going to tell you, I learned. Which, you know, you think, oh, she's famous enough, you know everything. No, I don't. One of them is that she liked women in a, you know, she was a lesbian. And, and they, they portray this with her friend um, Rob, Robin. And, and they, 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 the picture they paint with her is like, at a, you know, you know the time they, they follow her life and she's just getting her first break with Arista, they, they very much have a relationship. They're sharing a house. It's very implied that, that they're more than just, you know, roomies. And and you can see that as she got more famous, she had to kind of adapt herself to what America wanted. Because at, at the, you know, the way they, the character is at the start of this movie, she's very much, you know, dressing like a dude. Now, you know, like, and, and downplaying any femininity in her whatsoever. And, of course, as you see, as she gets more famous, she said, you know, she gives, quote, America what they want. And, you know, it cuts her hair out longer, starts, you know, seeing men and having relationships with men. And, and poor Rob, although she's along for most of it and, and was looks like, like really there instrumentally in her getting started because she truly believed in Whitney, 
kind of gets left to the wayside and pushed aside so that Whitney can maintain a certain public image. And that's something. It's a shame. Like She just didn't want to stand up for herself. I mean, you think about it, though. Back in the day, the society as a, as a whole is just not as acceptable with people with, with alternative lifestyles. And, and it, it might have actually, sad to say, hurt her career, like a music career, back in the day if she'd come out as being a lesbian. So there you go. So at the very least, she was bi, you know, because she had a relationship with Bobby Brown and did have a kid with Brown. Sadly, uh, the, the child of Bobby Brown at Whitney Houston didn't live that long and, and, and died at a young age, too. So a lot of tragedy there. Bobby, over the last few years, he's done some reality TV. He's still out there. But that's it. So you show that. They also show uh, Whitney how she got music. Now, like, like a lot of singers, she didn't write her own stuff. Like two or three songs maybe she wrote. But most of it was basically, you know, she, she would the way they portrayed it, she would sit in... In, in a room with this record executive from Arista, they would listen to a bunch of songs sung by other people. A lot of them, you know, probably songs that were sent in by people trying to make, you know, singers in their own right. And then when he would listen to it, she'd say, okay, you know, I could do something with this. And then she'd record her own version. So for the most part, you know, she was just taking other people's songs and Whitneyizing them. It's my term. I don't think it's a real term. And making them her own. And you, as I said, you can't argue with her success. She had so many number one hits when she was popular, man. She was beating records set by the Beatles and Elvis. And that's, you know, that's nothing to poo-poo about. So, so he goes, he goes over that. And, and it's like, it's like a biography, but not, it's like they leave things out in it, you know? There's certain things that are that are highlighted and certain things that are not. Now, I thought that the actress who played Whitney did a good job, you know, uh, Naomi Aki, and and she and she did well. And Stanley Tucci as as her kind of, I guess, playing Clyde Davis, who who kind of helped her career. I think he did a good job. Ashton uh, Sanders is Bobby Brown, and I think that's uh, you know. A, a fairly uh, a good portrayal of him. I'm no Bobby Brown expert, and and the movie for the most part moves on a good pace, and you know, and and the and the, what they didn't cover in the extras, which I'm surprised, and my wife maybe picked up on this, but they didn't really admit it to it. I don't know how much singing, uh, the the lead actress. You know, Naomi Aki did, or how much she was just mouthing her words along to, you know, pre-record Whitney Houston's music. So my wife was hearing me watch it a bit, and she's saying, like, that sounds like the original artist singing, not somebody trying to sing like her. So, yeah, they didn't gloss on that in the extras at all, you know, and 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 they, they kind of led up to near the time of her death in the early 90s, but they didn't really, like, you know... Kind of make it a big focus, <laughs> if you will. And and then they do cover the birth of her of her daughter as well too. So you have all that going for it. So for extras, you do get a little, but you don't get a lot. And this is of course from the writer Bohemian Rhapsody. 
you get a deleted scenes, you get moments of an icon, and becoming Whitney, and the personal touch. Now, the one they have here is called Whitney's Jukebox. This is basically, it's like a, it's, it's like they took all the songs from the movie and put them out and put them into this one little featurette where you can just do, you know, like go play all and it'll play every instance of Whitney Houston singing within the movie. So there you go. So for all you Whitney fans, if you want like a, a medley, just hit that on play, turn up your TV, and there you go. Overall, I, I you know, it is what it is. Biopics are all the rage now. I mean, we just had the Elvis one recently, which we reviewed in this very show. And, and that seems to be a trend. Quotes for this, because, you know, I love reading quotes. <laughs> that is, uh, and, oh, and the jukebox feature, that's a Blu-ray exclusive. The, the Greatest Love Letter of All by David Fear of Rolling Stone, and a lavish all-stops-out biopic that gets her story right, according to Owen Gleiberman from Variety. Now, how right it is? Like I said, little I know about Whitney, they glossed over some things, which I'm pretty sure are true. But, you know, it is what it is. If you are a fan of Whitney Houston, yeah, of course, this is going to be something you like. If you're like me, who can, you know, summer music is meh, summer music is, you know, tolerable. Then, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, it's, it's a nice kind of story uh, about it. And, and if you're always curious, then at least that answers some questions for you. This is just a Blu-ray digital version of this. Uh, no, no DVD. And when it comes to the uh, package stuff. And I do like that there are little sparkly bits on the packaging, on the side of the packaging. So that's cool they did that. One thing I do want to mention uh, when it comes to this movie before our review part, we wrap it up. I will give the filmmakers credit when it comes to attention to detail. When it came to like what she wore at this point of her life and when she was singing here and what she wore there, I, you know, I was curious. So I, I was watching the movie and going, all right, what did she wear at the Super Bowl? What did she wear at this event? And matching it up, like costume-wise, spot on. So that's cool. They're good recreating like that. I'm always impressed by anything historical that goes to the effort to actually recreate looks, you know, from an actual event that happened with somebody. Down to, like, the costuming and everything. So that is my take of Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. On the Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires Will come to you If your heart is in your dream No request is too extreme When you wish upon a star As dreamers do Fate is kind She brings to those who love the sweet fulfilling of their secret longing Like a bowl out of the blue 
Fate steps in and sees you through When you wish upon a star Your dreams come true When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires Will come to you My 4K movie review for this episode is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Collector's Edition, courtesy of the great folks at Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, this is an interesting movie. The first Puss in Boots started way back in 2011, which I have reviewed on this very program. Go back in the archives, you'll find it. And was a the, the first movie, a spin-off character, if you will, from the Shrek franchise. And it was very much billed a prequel adventure. This time around, we skip ahead, you know, uh, 11 years. And or so, and now the this this iteration is a sequel set after the events of Shrek Forever After. So it's funny how the, it's gone that way. Now I, I remember watching the first Puss in Boots back in 2011, and I thought that was a fun movie. It was nice to see you know a, a secondary character get his own you know movie. And what's interesting about this sequel is what's happened in the 11 years. DreamWorks as a company, you know, they've been shopped around a bit. And back in 2011, DreamWorks was still with Paramount. And that's when the first movie was made. Since 2011, the uh, DreamWorks was went from Paramount to now Universal. So any of the new DreamWorks things since 2016 have all been done by Universal. And there has definitely been a change. When it comes to that, now the the previous director of the first person boots that he last thing he directed was and he's, he hasn't directed anything since that first Puss in Boots. It's just like really weird, and that was Chris Miller, who's done more act voice acting work than directing, essentially. But he did actually work with Ralph Bakshi, but his, his previous kind of you know voice acting stuff is in a lot of DreamWorks productions. A lot of Madagascar, Monsters vs. Aliens, you know, Shrek Forever After. And and so he's done a lot of acting. I believe in those previous movies. Uh, he was the Royal Messenger uh, in one, and he was Little Boy Blue in the first Puss in Boots. So there you go. And and yeah, and he did he did Shrek the Third. So you think like, oh yeah, that made sense that he would have been the first Puss in Boots because he's had you know previous Shrek experience. This time around, though, the directing duties, you know, now that they were the Universal, have been passed on to Joel Crawford and Manuel, uh, or Genuel, probably Manuel, uh, Genuel uh, Mercado. And of course, if you look uh, recently. These two have been pretty much the directors of choice for the past few years when it comes to anything DreamWorks Universal. 
they're pretty much, you know, mostly the, the ones steering the ship. And besides changing movie companies, animation has changed. Yes, you're saying to yourself, is Puss in Boots still 3D animated? Yes, but the style has definitely changed. If you've been paying attention the last few years to anything Universal animated, especially DreamWorks-wise, the animation style has changed from the DreamWorks Paramount days. Nowadays, when it comes to Universal and, and DreamWorks, any kind of there's a lot more of an anime influence, in my opinion. There's like when characters run, there's like white lines, and, and it has that kind of feel to it. Very much into the Spider-Verse kind of thing. That seems to be the Fritz trend now. And so, although the characters look the same, it's not animated the same. Does it have the same spirit? Yes. You know, and the things that have remained the same, Puss in Boots is still voiced by Antonio Banderas, which is amazing. He can still do the voice. Selma Hayek reprises her uh, role as Kitty Softpaws from the first Puss in Boots movie. And, and, and that's kind of your main reprisals. Although, this is set in the world of Shrek. So we do get little cameos by many characters that have appeared in the Shrek movies. So if you're thinking to yourself, am I going to see the big ogre? Am I going to see Shrek or Fiona? Eh, no. No, you're not. Sorry. <laughs> Although there's this huge tease at the end of the movie. The premise of this movie is, that, you know, it, it sets it that, that since Shrek Forever After, this is quite a bit into the, you know... Uh, Puss's life, life, and he's got to the point in his life that he has used up eight of his nine lives at the, at the start, and the, you know, he's up to seven, and then something happens in this movie, and he's down to his last life. And in the Shrek universe, cats literally have nine lives, so they can die eight times, but if they die the ninth, it's final. Much like Doctor Who before he started saying that there were more than nine regenerations. Difference is, he always comes back with the same cat, not a different version of the cat. So you have that. And you have, you have a lot of, like, history with 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 Puss and Softballs that kind of happened in between that they kind of hint at. Do I like the new, you know, DreamWorks animation? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different, but the same at the same time. It, it's taken some getting used to, really. So, as, as I said, start, so he's, he's, you know, as he's done his one last life, and and at this point, Puss has become kind of arrogant. Like I am immortal, Puss in Boots. No blade will touch me. <laughs> he always got that kind of arrogance to him, and and, he, and so he, he realizes he's down to his last life. <laughs> he's wasted all of his previous lives, and that he needs to do something about it. And then he discovers <laughs> there is a magical wishing star, which. You know, for the right person, he 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 can he can get he wants to wish and get all his lives back. Now that gets complicated along the way because he's not the only character in the Shrek verse that wants their life. You know, wants this magic wishing star. And thrown into this, you have Goldilocks and the three bears. Goldilocks is played by Florence Pugh. Papa Bear is Ray Winstone. Mama Bear is Olivia Coleman. And Baby Bear is Samson K.O. And these are like, in this Shrek universe, they are a bunch of mercenaries. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> you also get Jack Horner. 
and little Jack Horner has grown up to be a very large Jack Horner, and he is now a um, a collector of magical things in the fantasy world. And he sees this wish opportunity as a way to become the all-powerful person in the world and the realm, kind of thing. So that's his motivations. And then you also have um, Kitty Softballs, played by Selma Hayek, and you see how she fits into this too. So you have a lot of interesting kind of mix going on here. And it's a nice kind of journey for Puss, who, who really gets, I guess, humbled and is not the same cat by the end of it. Also, a significant character in this one is the wolf, or death, played by Wagner Mura. And it's really, it's, it's one of the few times, I think I remember in the, sh in the franchise, that Puss has actually been scared. And, and it's interesting to see that. Overall, it, it's a nice trip back into the Shrek universe. Uh, will it be a third Puss in Boots? More than likely, you know, it, it, that remains if it does enough uh, music, uh, enough money, and, and does well enough. Now, and this is the first time I've watched a Shrek movie in 4K, and I gotta say, it looks great. I mean, I would love to see, I'd love to see, like the original animation pre-Universal in 4K. But this is the nicest you're gonna see animation done. Uh, also, and you get uh, a lot of extras with this. I mean, I'll give the credit when it comes to Universal in the last few years. When it, when it comes to extras, they don't skimp that much, and that's good. Because you, know, you want to get your money's worth kind of thing, right? So for extras, you do get quite a bit. You get a lot of deleted scenes. You get the cast of characters. So this is all the characters. Kind of you know, Puss in Boots, Kitty Softpaws, Perito, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Jack Horner, and Wolf. So all these voice actors talk about their role in the movie, which is kind of cool. In the beginning, this is a behind-the-scenes look at the filmmakers of Puss in Boots. Uh, then you get Jack Horner's Linorama. This is <laughs> this is a collection of all uh, Jack Horner's one-liners. You get the Fearless Hero lyric video. This is a music video of, of Puss in Boots' theme song that he has at the start of the movie. And then with a lot of animated things, and I see this trend, is how to draw. Like my niece would love this segment where they go through how to draw Puss in Boots, Kitty Softpaws, and Perito. Oh, and Perito. <laughs> oh, crap. Perito is this little dog, Chihuahua, who is the comedic sidekick in this, who is this cute little character they threw in that, that kind of is there, a cute little dog. Uh, then you have uh, how, how to make uh, paper Perito. So, so it shows how you can make a little paper figure of that character. You have Kitty Cam. Now this, this segment, unless you like to watch cats, just watch them play. It's kind of boring. It's really long. It has some annoying music with it, with clips from the movie thrown in, and it's just cats playing around. And it's not, and it's, the way they play, it's not even that exciting. Like I like, you know, I used to have a cat. And I and I like watching cats can be hilarious, but I don't know what it is. Most of the footage they showed or these cats playing was kind of boring. And I've seen hell. My old cat had, gave me more exciting footage than, than what's in this. So that that I hate to say it, skippable. 
a skippable featurette, and they say, let's watch cards. And then the last one is feature commentary, which I really like that you get with director Joel Crawford, co-director Manuel Marcedo, and producer Mark Swift, editor James Ryan, and head of story Heidi Joe Gilbert. What's missing in this is cast commentary. It would have been nice. I, you know, great to hear from the filmmakers. Thank you for doing that. Where is cast commentary? Why isn't there enough animated feature with the cast commentary? Come on! I do want to see that. And, and it, it is funny in a way that like, this whole character, uh, Puss, is kind of like a cat version of Zorro. Because <laughs> it's funny, when the first... I always thought, he's like, if Zorro was a cat, he would be Puss in Boots. And, of course, Antonio Banderas did play a live-action Zorro in, in, in the theaters back in the 1990s. So it, it's... Funny how they said, can you do your Zorro voice and pretend to be a cat? Overall, uh, a nice dip into the Shrek universe. It's nice to see, nice, interesting to see, like, Puss actually get humbled to a certain degree. And, and, and not, he had some character growth, which you don't always see in animated features uh, when it comes to that. And that's cool. It just, you know, it is what it is. And and um, a fun release, definitely check out if you are the fan of anybody, if you're a fan of, of the, the Shrek universe as a whole. So that is my take of Puss in the Boots, The Last Wish on 4K Blu-ray Collector's Edition, courtesy of the great folks at Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. things up for this edition of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You're going to check me out on Twitter. I'm at Ramblin' Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the retweets and likes on Twitter. And any kind of news, any kind of cover art, any kind of pictures, any things I review, I throw them up on Twitter, so be sure you check those out. Of course, you can check out all new episodes right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm Call ID 18411. You can check out new shows here and across many podcast directories across the World Wide Web and on Spotify and Google Play. And if you want a blast to the past, you can always check out my older episodes at Libsyn. That's HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, ramblingrust.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. That's original home internet where I have over like six plus years of good podcasting goodness. Going from 2006 to about 2013, then I moved to a more formal more formally here on TalkShoe. You can check out older episodes as well in iTunes under podcasts. Just type in Randall Russell and you'll find it there. And of course, there are a lot of older episodes on many other podcast directories across the world wide web. <laughs> Coming up on the show, there's some titles, uh, not a lot with, with titles wise. There is the, the South Park post-COVID special, which makes a very interesting twist on the South Park Gang on DVD, courtesy of Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment. That is coming up. I will be getting a copy soon of uh, Training Day on 4K Blu-ray, another classic old movie, getting the uh, 4K treatment. Looking forward to checking that out in the not-too-distant future. Also coming up in another episode of Ramble Extra will be round two of the Content Creator Roundtable featuring my good friends and co-workers, Bernie and Cal, where we talk even more in depth about content creation on the World Wide Web. So if you enjoyed the first one, 
even more and joined by another co-worker of mine, Joe. So it's like, I haven't had three guests on in a while. And that show was recorded on a Rodecaster Pro, which is, man, a nice piece of audio. I would love to get my hands on. So make sure you listen to that very soon. Uh, that's coming up probably in the next new episode. That is it for me on this particular program. A reminder to all you folks out there, if you're in, you know, in the game for some action figures and some other pop culture paraphernalia, be sure to check out Entertainment Earth, where you can get, use the code RAMRUS10, get 10% off any order you do there. And anything that that spot oh, uh, for $59 does ship free. So that is cool for you guys. And that's a way to contribute to the show. Any, if you use that code, that helps me and helps the show and will help get some more interesting products onto this program. It's a way, it's an ends to a means, folks. I don't ask for much. I don't have Patreon. I don't have a Discord. I don't have merchandise. So here's a way you can help me out. Another way, of course, you could help me out is I do still have an Amazon wish list. If you check that out and links for that are on in the show notes, the, the web address, and the, I've, I've posted it on Twitter. Anything that is purchased on the wish list for me, I will one credit you for the purchase. And if you want to run anonymous, you can. And anything that's purchased there will be reviewed on the show. So if you want a way of you know controlling what I talk about and maybe steering the show in another direction, because I am thinking of adding uh, some more items to my regular review roster, something I've been thinking about for a while, and maybe, especially after talking with Callum and Bernie, expanding into YouTube, there's some material on that wish list that would facilitate that even more. So just, and it's different prices, different ranges. I try to update it. So any help that way would be great. And that is it for now. And, and keep in mind, keep watching my Twitter, too, because if, if some things come in, which I hope come in, look for some teases via Twitter of what I may be talking about in the not-too-distant future. That is it for me, and we'll catch you next time right here on Rambled Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.